Well, unbelievably, it's our last episode of 2021. And I brought you not only one of the best conversations I've had on the show, but maybe ever. It's with Sherry Salata, and you'll hear me introduce her in full in a moment. She's a memoirist and author of The Beautiful No, the former executive producer at The Oprah Winfrey Show, but of the many, and I mean many, pearls of wisdom Sherry shared during our conversation. One I haven't been able to stop thinking about in the days since our conversation happened. Am I giving the universe space to do what it wants to in my life? Or am I holding on to control of my life with a throttling grip that won't let go and make room for magic? That thought will carry me deep into 2022. Take a listen to our conversation. What a gift it is for our last episode of 2021 and for our last episode of season three to welcome Sherry Salata, the author of one of my favorite books of all time, The Beautiful No. I read this book when it came out in 2019. I was in a relationship with the wrong man who I so desperately wanted to be the right man. That is not the first or last time that's happened. Spoiler alert. I was walking through a bookstore and the book's title, which uh, especially the huge pink and gold no (laughs) screaming at me from the front cover caught my eye and seemed to answer very tellingly the question that had been on my heart for some time. Should I stay here with him? No. (laughs) And And I did not stay. So I picked up the book. I devoured it. And the rest is history. So a little about Sherry before we dive in. Before she wrote this beautiful book, she was executive producer of this little show you probably haven't heard of called The Oprah Winfrey Show, as well as co-president of OWN, The Oprah Winfrey Network, and Harpo Productions. She's the founder and CEO of The Support System, a private membership group for women dedicated to creating real-life transformation. And Salada & Co., her personal development company, offering acclaimed courses and retreats around the world. We're going to talk about uh, one of those courses at the end of the show, which I've already signed up for. So she's a podcaster too, co-hosting the Sherry and Nancy show. Sherry, where do you sleep? By the way, you also author books that change lives. No big deal. And right now she's here with us to talk life. How blessed we are. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here with you. Ah, It's great to have you here. So I'm catching you at the end of 2021. How are you doing? How was your year? Oh, I thought 2020, 2021 was a, a year of beautiful surprises for me. Um, I think I have never felt more on purpose. Mm. I have never felt more consistently joyful. And I, I just sit here as, as we speak, I'm just filled, overflowing with appreciation for the shifts that I was able to make um, in my own mindset that have, it's like, it's like having a new pair of glasses, you know, these, these magical lenses, it's a new pair of glasses where you can see the possibilities and the opportunities, no matter what's going on externally. I'm kind of thinking of the line in when Harry met Sally right now, I'll have what she's having. Like I, I did not have that kind of year. So I'm hopeful for that in 2022. And I know you're going to help me get there because we're going to spend a lot of time together the first week of 2022. So um, let's talk about the beautiful. No, what is the beautiful? No. Well, I love it because it means something different to everybody. 
So before you dive into the pages, there's a, you, you make some assumptions about what, what is a beautiful no and, and what could that mean? Um, it's even as, you know, it's, a, it's um, the title chapter of my memoir and I'm gonna tell you what it me meant to me at the time. Mm -hmm. But even since then, it's, it's really expanded in, in a huge way um, because, you know, really learning how to say no and really getting really, really good nose for yourself is such a profound act of self-care and, and self-stewardship. So for me, the beautiful no, when I wrote it, it's, it's the, as I said, the title chapter of my memoir, it's the story about how I got the job at Oprah. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, you know, all the details are in the chapter, but basically I got turned down for a job I wanted a big job in advertising as a senior producer. It was a job I, I, I needed. I was out of money. I needed it. And, and it had all kinds of came with all kinds of perks. Mm -hmm. And it looked in the interview, it looked and sounded like I had the job. So I had a premature celebration with my friends. <laughs> and next thing you know, I got a, I got a letter from the HR department that said, thank you so much. We're not hiring at this time. Mm which was a blow. Because, blow. I mean, I literally was like getting ready to head in to the office. I was so sure I had it. And then um, a, a short time later, um, as I was, you know, laying on the couch, eating chips and watching soap operas, um, I, I got a, a, a message on my voicemail, um, which was an answering machine with real tape at the time. Oh, I remember. Said, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen again and it said this is so-and-so at the oprah winfrey show we were cleaning out a closet and found your reel of television commercials and your resume would you come in and freelance with us wow and it wasn't you know it was a few years later when i realized if i had gotten that big huge job i mean the money was great and i needed the money there's no way I would have quit it. <laughs> There's no way I would have quit that job a short time later to go take a chance on a crazy dream, sure. like building a career with Oprah. I just wouldn't have done it. So I was like, when, when that dawned on me, that dawned on me several years into my career with Oprah. And I was like, oh my God, that is the most beautiful no I've ever gotten. And what... What if all the no's we get are beautiful? Yes. All the rejections, all the disappointments, yes. all the things that we thought were going to turn out one way and turned out a different way. What if all those things are beautiful? Yes. And what if that really is our soul in concert with spirit and, and, and the unseen forces guiding us like I know you really think you want that that isn't really what you want what you want is over here yeah and, and you then, think and that then, that's the ultimate yeah. I think you thought that I mean I just I'm, I'm not saying this because I know you so well I wish I did but I'm just from reading your book that was the dream job but then the real dream job was right on the other yes! side of that that no. wasn't the dream job yeah and how often do we just get so knocked down by the nose in our life not realizing that behind that no is this yes that is 
usually far beyond any yes we can yes. imagine that's for right that's and, right i mean that, that wasn't never... the dream job he's yeah. not the dream guy this yes. isn't the dream situation these aren't the dream friends whatever it is yeah you we know, totally it's... undervalue no the yeah. no in our life well un until we begin to start to see that and we trust in the magic that's going on. Yes. And if we can do that, like, listen, I'll, 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 something will turn out differently than I thought. And I'll still have a moment, maybe a day of, hmm, I wonder why that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But I, I've pulled it back now. I, I'm not going to lose six weeks over that. To, yeah, to bemoaning yeah. my fate, to feeling bad, to, oh, no, no, no. I don't waste time anymore because I just remind myself, you're on track. Wait yep. till you see how this turns out. And you, you know don't know so how this powerful. story ends yet. You know, it's so powerful. We don't have enough power to disrupt God or the universe's plan for our lives. No. So the no that we think is so devastating, we do, it, we do not have the power to get ourselves that off track. And, and that's so, as a control freak, that is so comforting to me that I don't yeah. have the power to mess my life up like that's that. That's right. Or one no doesn't have the power to mess my life up. Or there's yeah. there's this higher you. There's this higher you that isn't fraught with wounds and triggers and all kinds of things. There's a higher you that's calling the shots with the help and support of unseen forces. You're not in this alone. That's yeah. great news. And isn't that isn't that just the most comforting thing that you know yeah. we only really see right in front of us, but um, you know, God, the universe, our higher powers have, they see the 30,000 foot view and they've got our backs yeah. and it's just, it's, it's, it's a concept that I, I, you know, cause I've been told no many times professionally and personally, and everyone is stung until I read this book. And then I began to realize, gosh, this is probably a blessing. This is probably a blessing. It hurts today. I cannot see this today, but this is going to end up being the, a pivotal moment in my life and it's and the better yes is around the corner have a little and, trust yeah yeah no kidding right and so the you open the book the book knocks me to my knees right when I open the front jacket it starts off with the powerful question what happens when you realize you've had the career of your dreams but you don't have the life right. of your dreams yeah. and you know I'm kind of there right now Sherry like I just talked on the last episode with Bonnie Fuller, who's a former editor-in-chief of Glamour, Cosmo, Mary Claire, you name it. And um, I've told her and my entire listener base, and I'll tell you that um, come January, I'm exploring the possibility of freezing my eggs because I just got out of a relationship that thought would be forever. We were planning on starting a family next year, and that's not going to happen anymore. And that is a beautiful no. I, I recognize this because of reading your book and a lot of work I've done on myself in therapy. But I have the career of my dreams. I am a podcaster, a writer. I am so blessed. But there's more to life than that for me. It doesn't have yeah. to be that way for everyone. So that that's the question on your mind when you leave your time with Oprah after 20 years. Yep. What happens when you realize you've had the career of your dreams, but you don't have the life of your dreams? So I have to ask, what happens from there? Because you know, so many people, including me, would at certain times in our lives ask the same question? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I got to that place for sure as I, I did a, a process um, that, it, you know, time for a change, time for a change, you know, and, and you know that when you're not happy. 
Mm-hmm. You know that when you consistently do not feel good, mm-hmm. you know that, um, you know, by that time, I would not say I, I was in love with what I was doing every day. So, um, and everything had changed very drastically. The show had been over for five years. So um, I think when I got away from that, still the TV chaos and craziness and pressure, high stakes, so they felt like, and stress, um, and then took a moment. And I did a process that I call the reckoning where Mm -hmm. I just very tenderly and gently went through all the areas of my life. And I was like, gulp, gulp. Mm -hmm. I mean, in no way did anything that was just about me, you know, me and my body, me and my emotional happiness, me and my, um, uh, my relationships, me and any, anything to do that wasn't specifically tied into working for my employer, um, was literally at the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. And, um, that had to change. If I, I was going to, if I was going to create the life of my dreams, that would have to change. Yes. Can I read your post-it note? Yeah. So you write yourself a post-it note in May, 2016, that ultimately kicks off what you just called the reckoning. The post-it note says Thursday morning, 100 pounds overweight, no man in sight, rounding the bend to 57 years old, a full blown catastrophe. But yet people, I'm sure thought that you were living the life of your dreams because you were the, one of the greatest jobs with one of the greatest forces in the world. And, and and that's something that I want to unpack too, is that just because one area of your life is thriving, that, that sometimes isn't enough and that is okay. Um, and, and it's okay to want a a multifaceted life. So, so that kicks off the reckoning. So what you, I, I interrupted you as you were saying, what is the reckoning? Well, the reckoning really is that tender look that tender you've got, and you've got it and it's gotta be tender. You've got, you, you cannot do this with judgment and fury and anger at yourself. You've got to tenderly hold your life and Mm. look at it and just put it up to the light and say, um, what have I created so far and, and be really real about it. And, and that process, you know, for some people, it might take you a month. Some people can do it in an afternoon. I think I took several days, several really, really long days. And at least what it did was, especially with the tenderness, because I understood, I know why I made my choices. Mm -hmm. I know why I did that. And, you know, too late now, I'm not going to go back and say, I wish I would have done this. You know, I have plenty of regrets, but nothing, nothing to do about that. Now, the point was, in the moment, when I could see, I had not manifested the life I really wanted, was I willing to make changes Mm -hmm. and to make different choices to have that life that I say I want. And Mm -hmm. what's been so fascinating about that. So that was in 2016. um, What a, what a journey that has been and realizing, you know, I think initially I thought there was a simplicity to it. I thought um, that was um, like, instead of doing this, do this instead of doing this, do this, like just kind of like getting myself shaped up. And it's really much, much deeper than that. It really has been for me. It's not even about, um, 
even about those things. And, 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 and that post-it note that I wrote um, the morning after I left my job, that post-it note was about all the external things. Mm-hmm. But the, the, what the point I was missing was you are not connected to yourself. Yes. Wow. Yes. You are not living a conscious life and you are not connected to yourself and nothing. You can't pull anything together. Mm. Nothing, nothing is going to be righted. Nothing is going to manifest at the level of possibility that you really want until you establish that connection, find a way to be consistent and really find your way back to yourself. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. It's what we all need to hear as we, as we walk into this new year and you, you, you write early in the book, it's never too late to make the rest of your dreams come true. So this book is two years old, a little over two years old, two years after writing this book, how are you continually making your dreams come true? You're in a great place. You just said it. How have you implemented your own words in this memoir into your life post book publishing? Well, here's what's so interesting. Okay. So the book was published two years ago. It took me two years to write. Mm-hmm. So that's really a four-year-old perspective, maybe. Mm-hmm. And now I would say, I, I, I love that me, that version of me that wrote that book. Um, because even writing that memoir, which is why I highly recommend transformational writing, mm-hmm. that was a very much a healing process. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, having to like really dig deep and, and find my authentic truth about things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say now is it's so much simpler than I think I thought it was. Ooh. And maybe I can simplify it now because I've done a lot of the complicated review mm-hmm. and, and, exa- and examining. But the simple thing is I spent most of my life and it was very successful by tuning into my masculine energy, make mm. it happen, make it happen, make it happen. Mm. Get those rocks uphill, get those, keep, keep those balls in the air. And how I really want to live my life, what I, what I most long for, my, my, my biggest dream for my life is that I'm really operating from my divine feminine, mm. which is I'm in flow, I'm following I'm, I'm emotionally attuned. I know what my feelings mean and I don't um, bury them. I'm, I'm, I have an awareness of them. I can see a mile away when a wound or a trigger is coming up and I know why I'm be- reacting or behaving why I am. And if I lose my, my, my ability to stay conscious around it, it's briefly. Yeah. And so everything is like, I'm not, I'm not, in a big, you know, uh, twirl and a tangle about what's going to happen tomorrow. I make, keep my, make my plans loosely and I make sure it's always feeling good. And that is a simple, that is how I like to run my life now. It is a very simple story. But it takes a lot of work for it to get that simple, you know? And, and you did, and you did the work and, you know, I have to tell you the book and this conversation and just you, um, I, I, I've seriously, I think I've listened to every podcast interview you've ever done long before we booked you on this show, just because I just, I vibe with you so much on so many different levels. I, I truly feel that you wrote words that spoke to the deepest parts of me, honestly, sometimes even parts of me that I haven't 
mm-hmm. worked through, like that you were, you were bringing up things in me that were like, gosh, I feel this too. And I've never even thought of this consciously at, yeah. like, like this, um, you write quote, I'm going to guess that you are like I was for so many years. You talk to your pets or to a stranger's baby in a grocery store with so much more love than you have ever spoken to yourself that that takes me to the verge of tears because I remember the first time I practiced positive self-talk with myself because it was the summer of 2020 and I was 33 isn't that isn't that so sad I was swimming laps I was working out I was tired I didn't want to continue uh, the regimen and I remember saying to myself, you're a warrior. You can do this. You are strong. And that Sherry, I was 33 years old. The first time I ever said anything nice. Well, listen, that's early for a lot of women. That's so sad. I I just have to tell you, well, we're not trained that way. Yeah. I was going to ask you, where do we learn to treat ourselves so poorly? Why why do we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, generationally grow ourselves out of that training and those habits. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I like to think that, you know, I wasn't just raised by my mother. I was raised by her mother and her mother. And you think about it. I mean, women didn't have the right to vote until the 1900s, the early 1900s. Only 101 years ago. We're talking about, we didn't have civil rights in this country Mm -hmm. until like this, you know, the sixties. So there's, you know, we're very, we're very um, new at this idea that of, of equality, that we matter and that we have a right, we have a right to um, our own happiness. Mm. I mean, we're, we've raised by, we're raised by women who were, were service providers and that their, their joy of life was to be for was to be marked by how well they were taking care of others. And listen, I mean, I love my friend, Christy Whitman says, give from the saucer, not from the cup. Mm. And, and I was not raised by women who knew, who understood that that would have been selfish. So, you know, that the idea that you would speak to yourself kindly and tenderly and adore yourself, um, that that's, that's more advanced um, women in human bodies training than, than has been available. That's going to change though, because women like us who are doing the work and walking the path of transformation are freezing their eggs or having their babies or, you know, you know, taking, you know, shine, showing a new example to their, their nieces, um, and there's, there's just going to be that that's how things change and evolve. Yeah. You're, you're taking me there. Like you can see, you can see me on zoom. I'm about to start crying. So I got to get it together. Maybe I don't, maybe I'll just start weeping on this podcast and it'll be okay. But yeah, um, you get to do it differently. That's, that's why, nice. that's why your work is so matters. It's going to affect the, the five, six, seven generations of women yes. who come after you. Yes. We're doing it right this time. Yeah. Or, or and maybe not right. Cause I'm certainly not perfect, but better. We're, you know, my Angelou, when you know better, you do better. And I That's know right. that 
and I know better, so I'm going to do better. And, you know, I think, I think so many of us, um, especially around my age, around the, I'm 35 now, around my mid thirties, uh, we take a look at our lives and it doesn't matter really what your life looks like. Just, it, you know, I have friends that are married with children, um, who are living their quote unquote dream life that they always envisioned. I have, I look at my life and I have the career, a career I could have never dreamt up so far beyond anything I could have dreamed for myself. And we ask ourselves is what I have, is this it, you know, is what I have in my life, all I get. And you write in the book, you say, creating a new vision of your life when you're smack dab in the middle of it is a bold choice. Amen. Gathering up the courage to step out and think up new possibilities. Having lived through decades of life is very different from the wide-eyed dreams of a kid who hopes someday to become someone and do some big something. You know, so many of us, Sherry, are just trying, especially these past two years, are just trying to survive day to day. We don't have the energy to dream up a whole new life when we can barely keep our head above water in our current one. So how do we start going for our dreams when just honestly making it through each day is a major accomplishment? Well, here's here's what I want to say about that, that going for the big dream and the dream life really begins with, with the little, little things. So if you begin by taking the pressure off yourself that you have to like, again, that patriarchal goal setting, get it done, make it happen. Instead more, it's more this kind of question. What could I shift inside myself to, to get more in flow? Mm. How can I lean in? I'm using that word deliberately. Lean in to what feels good. And getting out of that, just very gently and slowly getting ourselves out of that survival mode from which no good can come. There's no magic in the survival mode. Like even, even if you have some challenging circumstances, life is still magic. There is still plenty of magic and abundance Mm -hmm. and joy going on. But if you've, if you've sealed yourself off from that, because you're just on that story and endless loop of how hard things are and how bad things are and all your worries and your anxiety, you're going to create that. Those, those, those are prayers that create those stories, create outcomes. So it's just like slowing your roll. And maybe one day it's just having a glass of water. Yes. Maybe another day it's walking around one block. Yeah. And just so you can start to feel a little bit more in your body. Maybe it's instead of like, I'm going to meditate every day for an hour. You just put your hands on your heart three times a day mm. and you just give yourself a little pat and you just remind yourself that you start bringing a little bit of reverence back into your daily experience, just mm. to remind yourself you are a holy being. Yes. This is, this is sacred things we're talking about. And you're already like, I I like to infuse my daily life with ceremony and ritual Mm. and simple stuff though. I light a candle. I put my hands on my heart, take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I call down the abundance. I say, I'm, I, I talk about what I appreciate. That's a little morning ceremony. Now, listen, there was a ceremony I used to do back in the day, which was 
jarring alarm clock. Oh my God. Instantly be filled with anxiety, run to the kitchen, get the coffee maker going so I can slam down two cups and get myself going. Okay. What, what, what? Now I got to walk the dog. Like it was that, but that was a ceremony. Mm-hmm. But, and that ceremony created outcomes. I was at high alert and yeah. I'm sure my cortisol was spiking all day long. So I just look for little ways to make shifts. That's how you begin. I love and that. Then you, and then you notice, I feel better. Let me make mm. another one. I feel better. Just trying to get in your groove and in your flow toward the life you say you want. You know, the epigraph of chapter 20 in The Beautiful No is a quote from a French novelist and journalist, Colette. It says, what, God, this like also brings me to tears. I'm all mm-hmm. kinds of emotional right now for so many different reasons. But uh, the quote says, what a wonderful life I have had. I only wished I'd realized it sooner. Yeah. And I think that those rituals just help us yes. be, yes. you know, I'm finding that I am happiest when I'm fully present and I'm so Mm -hmm. rarely so because my mind is everywhere deadlines yeah I'm a writer so deadlines on deadlines on deadlines and Mm -hmm. I'm and I'm in next month and I'm in next year and I'm in tomorrow and the more grounding that I do like putting hands on the heart um lighting a can like those everything that you just said taking a sip of water um, you know, seeing, doing the five senses work. What can I see here? Taste, touch, smell. Um, it, that makes me, that makes me right here in this moment. And, you know, we all, life is so imperfect. My God. I mean, there's not a one of us listening that doesn't have something going on in their lives, especially these past two years. But I think at the end of the day, we're going to all look back and say that to our ourselves. What a wonderful life I've had. I only wished I'd realized it sooner That's instead right. of striving all the time, the constant strive right. or, you know, okay, well, I'll be happy and fulfilled when I lose a hundred pounds or when I get married right. or when I get this job or when I buy this. And we know that's not true. That's I mean, intellectually, we know if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy then. One hundred percent. And, and, and I would say if you're a person who heard that Colette quote for the first time on this podcast, mm-hmm. you were meant to hear it. And if you were meant to yes. hear it, what are you going to do with that information? Mm. What a wonderful life I've had. I only wish I realized it sooner. That's like a, that's like a hot tip. That's like a hot pro tip Love from it. somebody at the end of their life. And you have the chance right now, as you're listening to my voice in this moment to, to say, oh, oh, that's not going to be me. I'm going to realize it now. Yes. That absolutely. So much wonder. Yes. And, I, and I'm a hundred percent convinced that you can simultaneously appreciate the life you have while striving for the life of your dreams. Of course they can, they can coexist. Well, um, the life of your dreams, all those new dreams can't manifest if you're not in complete and total appreciation for what you've created so far. Oh, say yes. That is so, so, so true because you know, I am for me for the longest time as a writer, my dream was to write for Vogue. And I said, you know what, I'm going to finally feel that I am a real writer, whatever that means, and not some imposter out here when I get my byline in Vogue. Well, I did that. And you know what? Nothing changed. I'm still felt the same. And I have a feeling, though I'm not a mom yet, that 
even when that that dream does come to pass, whenever that may be, and however that may be, if I don't, if I don't appreciate me and the life I have now, nothing's going to change. It's just going to be me with all these same anxieties, worries, and fears. But now I have a baby to raise along. That's right. That baby can't make you happy. Yeah. But but make yourself happy and then bring a baby into the world. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so I want, I want to return for a moment to the beautiful no, which is of course the title of the book you write about stumbling upon a spiritual revelation. You know, I want to unpack this again. We talked about it at the top of the show. Is it possible, Sherry, that every no in our lives has been a beautiful no? That is such a beautiful thought. Why is it so hard to trust our no's and trust our journey, um, even when it seems to make no sense at the time? Why is it so hard? Well, I think that we don't practice our surrender and faith muscle enough. Mm. And there's a part of us in our anxiety to like make it happen and bring these things into our lives and become who we think we want to be. And we think that just by doing the worry dance, we can, we can call down the thunder and nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, yes, that, yes. That, that surrender piece, that surrender piece, and I'll think about it. So I, I got that entry level pretty much position at Oprah when I was 35. My age. Yeah, mm-hmm. entry level. Mm-hmm. And um, right before then, after I'd received that big, beautiful no, I probably was in the biggest place of surrender I'd ever been in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. well, my hands are open because I don't know what to do now. So there just was an opening. There was like a, there was like a quick little vortex where I wasn't trying to manage and fix everything. And okay, so now here's what I'm going to do. And then I'll do this. Okay. If that didn't work, then I'll try this. Like, I just was like, and there was space for the universe to go she's ready now. Here we go. Wow. Yeah. There's space. There was space. I don't ever give the universe space. space. There's space. And it really is that surrender thing. It's like, uh, I'm letting it go, Mm -hmm. letting it go, letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. And I'm going to trust that my higher self has got this. And I'm just going to stay excited and curious to see how it reveals itself to me. You know, I've said that so many times in prayer. I've said, I am really interested to see how you're going to work this one out. Yes. <laughs> because yeah, this seems impossible to work yeah, out. Yeah. And we just go back to what we want. What do I want? Mm-hmm. I want to feel this way. 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 Okay. We place our order and let it rip. And then we okay. let go, surrender. And we stay in the present moment. We put those beautiful moments in our daily daily lives that that reconnect us to sacredness and reverence. And that feels pretty good. Absolutely. You know, my last question for you is, I know what the beautiful note taught me about life. It's, it's, It's countless. I mean, I could, we could truly talk all day about the the lessons I showed you the my copy of the book with all its little tabs on and uh but what did writing this book teach you about life yeah well um 
I think it was when I, when it was, you know, I, I it was, the, pre, the writing process was just God awful. Um, I missed every deadline. I was very late. Um, my publisher was so wonderful. She was so understanding. Um, and then when I, I, you know, I, when I had to send in that final draft, oh, I was like, do you really want to do this? Uh, because it's it felt soul bearing. I mean, it felt soul bearing. It felt vulnerable. Yeah. It felt like, oh, do you want people? You went to high school to read this. Yeah. And then I went out on my little book tour, and instead of shame, I felt healed. Mm. Instead of feeling embarrassed or exposed, I felt connected. And so I'd talk. I'd answer questions. I'd see that something I had shared about myself was resonant with, um, you know, people in the audience. And, you know, then I'd sign books and people would share their stories and I would go home being like, you did not know this was going to happen. You did not know the healing that was going to come with this very gruesome effort um, of, of, of doing it. So I would tell you now today, I look back and I say, I feel such sense of awe at my own self for not giving up and for seeing it through. Yes. For seeing it through, for finishing it, and then for standing behind it, then talking about it, then sharing it. And I think it, it marks for sure one of my most exponential growth periods personally. Mm. And that's the beautiful thing is that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, when you allow yourself to be seen, not only do people like me who are reading it benefit from your truth and your honesty, but you do too in spades and you don't even know how, because, you know, I actually, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So what we haven't even talked about this and you, you write some about your struggles with your body image. And I too have that and re rereading the beautiful note again, this last time has inspired me. I, I like to write about other people. I don't like to write about myself as you well know, that is a very difficult exercise and you did a whole book on it. And this is just an article for Harper's Bazaar. So I pitched this article um, and it's going to be in Harper's Bazaar sometime in early 2022 about um, my body image and my uh, just, it's just going to, it's a complicated piece. Um, and I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And I would never have done that, Sherry, if I hadn't reread The Beautiful No. And I, so feel, glad. I feel like being brave today. And so thankfully, I have a wonderful editor over there. Uh, shout out to Jenna, who just supports me and all of my crazy ideas. And she, she when I when I pitched it and she she it took her uh, it's the holidays. So it took her a little bit to get back to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she hates it. She hates it. She hates it. And then she got back to me and she said, this is so brave. I'm so proud of you. And like, and I haven't written it yet. So I hope she'll be proud of me. when oh, she's I can't wait to, oh, edge of my seat, edge of my seat. Can't wait to read it. Yeah. Well, I got to write the damn thing first, but um, yeah, thank you for that. And you know, when you're brave, you and all of, when all of us are brave, we inspire others to we be do. brave too. So thank you for that. And listeners, we're really in luck because Sherry is offering us all the chance to join her for her write your new story 2022. I've already signed up. I told you I got my confirmation email last night. So if you enjoyed this conversation and her book, 
which you got to read. I'm positive you will love it. You can join me. I'll definitely be participating for this free transformational challenge where from January 3rd to January 7th at 5 p.m. PST. So that is seven in central time, which is where I am and eight if you're in Eastern time. Yeah. We can take part in powerful workshops that will help us write a brand new story for our lives in 2022, all in the name of it being our best year yet. So head to www.sherrysalata, that's S-H-E-R-I-S-L-A-T-A.com slash challenge. I will put this in the show notes for your, for help. If you need help navigating there, that's again, sherrysalata.com slash challenge for more information. It's incredibly easy to sign up. It took two seconds. So I'm, I'm there, Sherry. I'm, a, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be, it's going to be something we're going to, uh, we're going to make some shifts. It's going to be something. I can't wait. I need this refresh and thank you so much for, for this talk today. I'm excited to spend the first week of 2022 with you and you're, you are a blessing. You are such a blessing. Thank you for, being for having me today. on. It was so good to talk to everybody. Thank you. You're such a gift. I hope you got as much out of that conversation as I did, and I hope you'll join me in the first week of 2022 with Sherry. I can't think of a better way to kickstart this new year. I'll put details in the show notes. As we close 2021 together, a persistent yet friendly reminder to let me know what you're reading at hello, I'd rather be reading at gmail.com and follow, rate, and review our show. I have read some incredible books so far for 2022. So our break between season three and season four won't be long. My intention always, Oprah would be proud of me for having an intention, is to bring life-giving conversations to you and inspire you to go pick up these books because there are some great works of nonfiction being penned right now. Happy New Year, friends. We'll see you on the other side of 2022.